Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. What stupid words written by that Beatle guy, John Lennon, in 71. Imagine there's no heaven. All right, let's, let's do that for a little bit this morning and see, see where that goes. Now, in John Lennon's defense, he does seem to think that the end goal of why would we imagine there's no heaven is so that imagine all the people living in unity. Well, wouldn't that be great? Okay, sure. There's a good idea. Let's all the, let's all the people get along and live in, in harmony. That's why this song called Imagine has become sort of a peace anthem of, of things. So, yeah, let's, let's, all just, let's all just get along. That typical kind of thought. All right, we all want to live in unity, but how do we get there? For John Lennon, it's imagine there's no heaven. Oh, and, and no religion, too because that'll fix it. All right, well, we'll get back to that. Let's, let's look at our second reading today. So the idea of John Lennon is we want everyone to get along, we want no wars, great. St. James, where do the wars and where do the conflicts among you come from? Is it not from your passions that make war within your members? You covet but you do not possess. You kill and envy, but you cannot obtain. You fight and wage war. So for John Lennon, where does, where does war and fighting come from? Uh, heaven and religion. Is that really true? St. James tells us the opposite today. He says, no, wars come from your passions, from conflicts internally that, that spill out, coveting, desiring what somebody else has. You know, there's this kind of terrible lie going around that you hear sometimes like, well, most all the wars in history were fought over religion. It's probably a bit of what inspires John Lennon to say no religion too. If you want peace, well, get rid of religion because all the wars in history are fought over religion. Probably you've heard that. Well, that's just nonsense. In fact, someone actually decided to like research this a little bit and they actually created the Encyclopedia of Wars. Not a fun research project, I can imagine. But this person who created the Encyclopedia of Wars found that there were 1,763 documented wars that he could find in, in history. Of those 1,763 wars in history, only 123 could he identify had religion as a, a major source of the conflict. That's less than 7% of all the wars in history. Where did the wars actually come from? Well, mostly it's, it's disputes over territory, it's disputes over ideology, who's gonna be in control, who's the greatest, who gets to make the rules. And, and the greatest bloodbaths in history have been not over religion, but over atheism. People who want no religion, atheistic communism has been the cause of some of the greatest bloodbaths in the, the 20th century. And the 21st century is only just starting. Well, definitely not religion. Religion is not the source of wars. But worse than that, to say that we want peace so we should have no religion, well, that's precisely what has caused most of the greatest bloodbaths in 
history. People who refuse the beautiful gifts of religion that cause us to control our passions, mitigate our own desires, don't just be selfish, concerned about the, the needs of others. You think about imagining the idea that there's no heaven. Well, what does that mean then for life on earth? Well, it means if there's no heaven, then this earth is all there is. And so I've got to get what I can get in this world. Because that's it. There, there, if there's no heaven, then this world is all there is. And so there's only a finite amount of goods. There's only a finite amount of stuff. There's only a finite amount of power. And there's only a finite amount of time. You put all that together and now you've got constant war because there's only so much stuff and I want to get the stuff. And if he's got the stuff, I don't have the stuff. So I got to take the stuff from him. And I certainly can't wait to do it. Deferred gratification because there's only so much time. I only live for this world. So I got to get what I can get and get it now because that's all there is. That's what leads to wars. That's what leads to fighting and constant bloodshed. Heaven and the idea that there is something more than this life is precisely the antidote to all the wars. If you, if you think that, you know what? This world is not all there is. There's another world that is even way better than this world and it lasts forever. Now you see the antidote. Well, I don't have to get all the stuff in this world. Because you know what, this, this stuff is all fading away anyway. It all turns to dust. Glory lies in heaven. I don't have to get power in this world. In fact, I can I become the lowest of the low in this world. I don't have to join the whole power struggle thing because I'm not struggling for glory in this world. There's a world where I have a throne with Jesus in heaven that lasts forever. I'm not time bound by this world. I can delay gratification through the, the mere blink of an eye of this world because there's heaven. There's another place. I don't, I don't have to take somebody else's stuff. I don't have to get more power. I don't have to climb the, the ladder of glory in this life. If I do a little bit of that, fine, but that's, that's not my end goal because there's heaven. I imagine that there's heaven and all of a sudden I can live peaceably in this world. You see how, how John Lennon gets it exactly backwards. Where do wars and where do conflicts come from? If not from your passions that make war within your members. Wars start within us. And what is the one thing in the history of the world that has managed to actually rule the passions of men? Not, not dictators, not armies that inflict powerful control. Rather self-discipline. Religion, religion that says, no, I must master the passions within me. I must learn to direct the passions in me towards good. I'm a part of a mission given me by something outside of this mere world. I have a mission that has been given me by God. And so if I have passions, if I have desires, good, but I've got to, I've got to order them in a right way. Not unbridled passion seeking selfish interest. The only thing that has managed to check this selfish desire of human beings has been religion. No earthly power has been able to do that. And it's not even a, a power imposed from on high. Yes, there's, there's a bit of, if I don't live my life in union with God, there is hell. All right, fine. 
But the idea of I'm going to go to hell if I don't live a good life kind of ceases to be a powerful motivator at some point. Our society has largely kind of dismissed almost that view <laughs> to our own peril because there very much is a hell. And if we don't live in union with God, we will go there. But much more powerful is the positive draw to say, I want to be like God. I want to be who God made me to be. And if I'm going to be that, well, then I, I can't simply live for this world because we see it all the time. The world disappoints us constantly. And even the people who have managed to, to climb the, the ladder of power and glory, we think of the, the great dictators, the, the kings and queens in histories, the, the ones that seem to have it all. Even they aren't happy. They die miserable deaths, oftentimes being assassinated by the very people they're trying to enslave. There just is not permanent, stable, lasting happiness in this life. And if this life is all there is, you will spend your whole life warring after war, trying to get it. But if we can imagine that there is heaven, it's easy if you try. Uh, we put it before us every day at mass, don't we? That's what mass is about. We leave that outside world. We come through this door, and for a while, we imagine that we're in heaven. We've got God present on the altar, giving himself to us. Talk about the opposite of making war and, and tyrants. Here's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the one that really does have it all. And what does he do? Empties himself for us. He is so humble as to take bread and wine and use it so that he can change it into himself and give himself to us to be our very food. Talk about the opposite of coveting and holding on to power. We want to be like God. And God is someone who is he's not worried about control, power, lording it over. Quite the opposite. So in our gospel today, we, we see this play out. Jesus has just revealed his plan. The most powerful person who ever lived has said plainly, I am going to be killed by men. I will let myself be killed. That's the plan. But don't worry, because on the third day, I'll rise. That's the, that's the entire Christian message right there. And Jesus just gave it to them. And what are they doing? They're arguing about who is the greatest. I mean, what could possibly be more embarrassing? Jesus has just revealed the entire secret of the entire world. Yeah, but I think I'm a little better than Peter. I mean, Andrew's not that great, is he? Philip, who can say that? Nathaniel's better than Peter. I mean, how ridiculous, and yet, how absolutely human. That is absolutely what we do as humans. When we get focused on this world, I think I'm a little better than that person. Why did that person get promoted? I deserve that promotion. Why does that person get to do all this? Oh, look at that person up there doing all that. Even just, who does that person think they are going faster than me on the, the interstate, cutting me off in traffic? We are constantly trying to put ourselves a little bit further ahead, a little bit above everyone else, and we only do that when we get focused on this world. Imagine that there is heaven. It's where at the end of this gospel, the antidote that Jesus proposes, it's a little, little controversial. It's a little bit unexpected. They're arguing who's the greatest. Jesus takes a little child. Now, there are other gospels that, that tell us like, well, we need to become like children. So we would look at the qualities of children and why we could be like them. 
that, that's not this gospel. In fact, if we look at the qualities of children, we, we know that the, the idea of desiring, holding, coveting is, is part of original sin because kids get this better than anything. Mine, mine, you ain't gonna take it. And if someone playing with something that's, that's theirs, no, I want that too because they've got it and I want it. So that, that can't be what Jesus is doing. Why does he take a child today? Because a child cannot do anything for you in your little climb to glory. A child cannot be used to help you get ahead. Every other person that's an adult, like, ooh, how can I, how can I use that person for my own benefit? How can, I, how can that person help me climb? How can I get more? How can that person be a benefit to me? A child undoes all that. Child can't help you. Child can't help you get anything. In fact, the child takes everything from you. They need everything. Jesus grabs that, that child and puts it in their midst to say, you wanna be my follower? Stop, stop inviting the powerful. Stop trying to argue about who's greatest and how you can get further ahead. Here, here's the answer. This little child, receive this child. No, no, don't receive powerful people. Don't try to find the influential people who can... Receive a child who can do nothing for you. And that's the answer. And if you receive that child, it's as though you are receiving me and the one who sent me. Because notice how Jesus came. Powerless, not trying to get ahead, constantly trying to go lower. He's giving the apostles the example that is not only for them, but is really the answer that we want and is really the answer John Lennon was looking for. How can we have no wars? Imagine all the people living together in harmony. Yes, that is what we want. How do we get it? Not by imagining there's no heaven. That's silly. Let's imagine, let's really know that in fact there is heaven. Rather than imagine all the people living for today, well, if today's all there is, go get as much as you can right now. But imagine that today is not all there is. Imagine there's a life that goes on and on and on where the good are rewarded, where we don't have to pay back eye for eye and tooth for tooth in this world because justice is had elsewhere. Mercy is capable because I can forgive that person because I don't have to get even with them. I want to live forever with that person in heaven, so I better forgive them now. Imagine all the people living like that. Imagine everyone living as if our lives are headed for heaven. Now that's something worth imagining.